The hosts, Rob Velazzi and Jason Dominique, and their guests are not financial advisors unless otherwise disclaimed. The content on Today at Ember is for educational and entertainment purposes only and merely cite their own personal opinions. Know that all investments involve some form of risk. Please work with an investment professional. And now, on to today's episode with Today at Ember. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 10. It's a big episode for us. We're here at Today at Ember. I am Rob Velazzi, Head of Communications. I'm joined with Jason Dominique, Head of Strategy here at the Ember Project. Jason, how are you doing today, buddy? Doing fantastic, Rob. Yes. Episode 10. Wow. Feels like we've been doing this for years. <laughs> That's actually a funny sort of, not story, but you know, to say that this idea of creating a podcast or a stream or you know, just what we're doing right now in regards mm-hmm. to um, just sharing and having a conversation just came on a spurs of a moment. And now we're already into episode 10. So I know. Uh, yeah, really I can, looking I, forward to... Can't believe it's been 10 weeks already. <laughs> yeah, can't believe we haven't... Well, I haven't. You missed one, but I haven't missed a, a show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, speaking of missing a show, I will not be here next week. And then we're taking off for the holiday break. But we do have a special guest next week who's going to be talking about some pretty important stuff when it comes to Ember and, you know, really what's going to drive with liquidity and when it comes to the token and some of the ways we're incentivizing people to be able to hold. But that's a whole conversation for next week. This week, we're going to be having some discussions about the ecosystem. We haven't talked about that in a little bit and really what the vision of that is. And even though we understand it's an abstract idea that, you know, that, that we'll try to build us paint a, as much of a picture as we possibly can to the community of really what our vision is. And then we'll be taking uh, community questions, of course. If you guys are listening live, whether that's on twitch.tv or YouTube or maybe on Facebook, that, you know, go ahead and submit your questions to the community success team. And But first, though, we're going to be talking about what we brought up yesterday was the widget. We really don't have a name for this yet. We're not sure what we're going to be calling it. We're still in that process, but we have really a preview of what that is going to be on our website at Join Ember. That's embr.com. But we saw a lot of people in the community really were wondering, you know, what value will... I mean, obviously, there's going to be a revenue stream that, you know, it's important to running a business. But what this revenue stream means for the token itself and really for the community. Jason, you want to kind of get, build a picture on us and what, what, how that's going to work out? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we did address a little bit. We hinted at it uh, in last week's show. But, you know, launching a business, I mean, specifically in the DeFi space or even as, as a traditional business, ultimately... The token is the um, sort of the asset in the background. I mean, it serves way more purposes than your average, you know, stock. But like the token itself for Ember, it's such a big part of everything that we're 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 aiming for. And now we need to sort of think about beyond just the asset itself and how. Are we going to bring utility? I mean, we have those questions, but what I mean by how is now that these phases of pre-sales and going into secondary market are be you know behind us, which 
you know, it's only been two weeks, but it literally feels like a whole month at least. Like it's, it's if not longer. Yeah, exactly. So we now, you know, fall in 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 um in a situation where we need to start delivering products and services. And the great news is, you know, we have so many things lined up, you know, for the next couple of months. And that first thing, which is the widget, I mean, we call it the widget, but ultimately it's not specifically a widget. I mean, there are different ways we're imagining this to take shape, but ultimately I think what's important is not necessarily sort of the, um, the what and the how, I mean, we're going to get into that, but I think what's important about this first thing that we're releasing is why we're releasing it. And some of the elements of that why we've addressed last week, which is obviously ease of use and accessibility. And, you know, everybody understands that commercially, it's a ridiculous idea. And you had a pretty good example, Rob. Oh, yeah. With um, the, the little <laughs> antidote about the idea of like, if I went into a Macy's and right when I showed up at the Macy's, I was like, I like to purchase this jacket. And the first thing was like, well, before you do that, you have to go all the way down the street make exchange for, for whatever your paper money is. You need to turn it into a different currency. And hopefully we're able to return back to us at some point to be able to purchase the actual item and you don't get sidetracked or scammed or something along the way before, before you come back to us. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, when you get there, just know that there's no customer service. Yeah, none so at all. In fact, there's a, so- there's a sign. <laughs> there's actually literally a sign that says, you know, no customer service. And if you mess up, then sorry, we can't help you. I mean, no, no other world would operate this way. It's insanity. <laughs> I mean, it's just complete madness. <laughs> when you think about it, and this is how the whole space operates. This is just like, it's are, insanity. You, are you kidding me? It's amazing to me that they even structurally built it that way. Like, you know what I'm saying? When they were coming up with the ideas, whoever put together Pancake Swap, we're not, we're not sure. They're just like, yeah, let's make this as difficult as possible. This was a great idea. <laughs> yeah, we're going to make you jump through as many hurdles as possible to be able to do this. Absolutely. Let's, let's bring it together. <laughs> anyway, it basically left the door wide open for us to uh, seize the day and seize the opportunity. So this is what we're doing. But yeah, the, these reasoning of accessibility and ease of use are two things that we addressed last week. But I think what's more important is in a space where it's very easy to make mistakes. And sometimes these are, even for the most veteran person, these are uh, mistakes that are easy to make, you know, like copy and pasting the address and then. How many times you, you know, like the contract address, you know, that's, that's an example. So you have to go to one place, then you input the contract address into the interface to make sure that you're buying from the right place. And then you're connecting your wallet. So it's all those steps. Yes, there's the ease of use, but it's also like the potential for mistakes is, is quite high. And with this approach of this product, one of the main thing that like two other things that I want to add to what we could call it like features and benefits, but is just having it all hard-coded and verified in the back end by us is such a worry to have, you know, it's one less worry to have. And so that's one. And also second, I think a byproduct of this is no more scams. Like in the sense that um, like a fake contract or something like that, you just find it. But 
yeah, it's the right ticker and but you're just selecting just like us, you know, there's there's a fake contract out there that's running wild and most project will have pretty much uh, at least one fake project out there with if not many, you know. I mean, there's yeah, there's, just, just to make it confusing. Mm-hmm. And and also on top of that, not even just the fake contracts, but you also have people reaching out to you on a consistent basis, Telegram, you know, just people that are saying, hey, you know, send us this information or this is the you know wallet address to be able to send this to or, you know, and, and then there's really no level of authenticity to verify that these are the people. There's, there's really no standard for that. And I think that's what this is the beginning of. Yeah. So, so these two extra thing are sort of the pillars of this initiative to make this tool something that we feel will be undoubtedly sort of something that will run a lot of our products in this ecosystem of you know this gateway that we're trying to create. And when some people are asking sort of how does it fit into everything that you're doing, well, it fits like it's basically, if you would think of it as, as a whole thing, it's basically like the mouth. So you, you, you need to you know, have an entry point where you have all these people that can come in and interact securely with ease of use. And, and I think this is something that also transpired when PayPal initially began and had their uh, buy button. So a lot of people were looking for that trust factor because they knew beyond the buy button you know, things like the padlock that we used to see back in the day when you, you, you used to input your credit card. I mean, you don't see it that much anymore today because it's a given. You know, all of these things are quite secure, whatever, how much encryption. But it used to be the number one thing you would look for, you know, is this, you know, safe? And so uh, this, this is the kind of thing that we want to bring with that widget. So also regarding the widget itself, it's a product, but it's also a side product because, again, everything that we want to do is not necessarily like we don't want to start like a thousand different projects. So, this is basically a feature of something bigger. And this is how it fits in our ecosystem is, you know, when you go on, you know, Squarespace or Shopify or something like that, and the checkout part of, you know, purchasing your goods and services over there, you know, it's it's not a product in itself. It's just part of the experience. And there's obviously someone that developed the tech for it, but the goal wasn't to, especially for the, the Shopify or you know, it's just part of the whole vision and feeling of the experience. So it's the same thing with us. Now it feels like it's a thing. And yes, it is a thing, but it's, once you know uh, we launched the ecosystem and this gateway to the decentralized world, then it's just going to be a feature of that. And I think where it becomes super interesting is that people that have their own project will be able to use this feature on their own website. So if you're a project leader or something like that, you'll be able to copy and paste a small sort of line of code and drop it on your website and it'll create an experience and a flow that will make your token very easily accessible in terms of buying it rather than just like you just said, Rob, which is we'll be sending you over there and 
hopefully we'll see you by tomorrow. <laughs> I think also too as well is that, I mean, this will change obviously as this becomes more common because you know our ambition is to have this be a premier, one of our premier products that becomes so common in the space because we're gonna we're we're gonna be having an outreach program. Like I said, we're gonna have a sales team. We want this to be on and being utilized by the top, you know, three hundred people that you know, three hundred projects on the BSC. But when that happens, it'll be more commonplace. But in the meantime, this is first budding out. If you're a starting project, and you know this this feature is not that common yet. And you know you are able to you know one of our you know enterprise or professional editions of this product where it's white labeled where they can you know implement it in any way possible where it'll bring you know a level of credibility to your project as well. I mean, the people can go on there and be like, wow, they have this. They put this together also, you know, and that so that'll add into you know the own credibility of the project and the ease of use for them to be able to do so. So I mean, once you know. Once we're on all 300 top BSC projects, it'll obviously won't be so impressive anymore. That's something something everyone will have, we hope, in the future. But in the meantime, though, it is you know we're thinking about those types of features that will help out any of these projects go from ideation to launch in the smoothest way possible. Yeah, and if you want an idea of where this is going, you can head to like Stripe checkout. You'll see sort of what we're envisioning, but for the DeFi space. And this is really inspiring. And everybody knows that Stripe is absolutely massive. So we have, you know, just as high ambitions as if not bigger than Stripe. But but that's just one of the features that we're building for our ecosystem that can be licensed and be used on, you know, whichever project they're at. And I think that some segue questions into this is how does it actually benefit the project or how does it benefit the token? Yeah, because also a lot of people question have, you know, about, you know, revenue, which I always thought was a, just a weird question where a lot of people ask this is that, you know, what's up with this revenue? Like, like as if a business shouldn't generate revenue in some way, or that, you know, that we shouldn't have to pay people and, uh, you know, like, and like was, who gets the money from that revenue? Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> well, the business does, but it's not Rob, but <laughs> it all goes to Rob. <laughs> it all goes to me. Exactly. That's why I'm, I, that's, that's, on the podcast. That's how I'm getting secretly paid is through the podcast. <laughs> through this widget, my face appears. I think we'll call it the Ember Rob. Yeah, we'll Ember Rob. The, yeah. The, <laughs> you know, with the revenue model, though, I think that you know, like everything that we do here at Ember, and you, I want to have that you break this down a bit, uh, Jason. Is that you know, it's not just a standard revenue model that you know it's going to pay bills. That there's going to be some things that we're going to do. If you want to break that down, stuff with like charity and how it affects liquidity, and do you want to kind of give us a little breakdown of that a little bit? I know, I know some of these things are still not. Totally, you know, finalized. Um, some of the details are a bit squishy at the moment, but um, I think it's pretty exciting for all of our investors. Yeah, well, we've been having a lot of back and forth with our lead solidity engineer and also our economists in in regards to because currently we're we're in the final stages of the staking, and so we're sort of heavily involved in smart contract once again. Uh, plenty of them, but so I think. The easiest way of see, you know seeing it is now how it's going to execute. It's not decided yet, but our goal is to, out of what we generate as a business in terms of revenue, we're implementing in that smart contract because it all it would all be driven internally. We call it sort of a middleman smart contract. So it's something that's interacting on the sideline of 
the pancake swap and our interface, our Web3 interface, so that we can create a seamless experience, but also use all the the sort of liquidity pools of all these different tokens on on pancake swap. But so so our goal is to have some form of automation in there, have the least amount of manual interaction, have the most amount of all of these on chain as well, if possible. So it's all transparent. But ultimately, out of the revenues that we're generating, we're thinking and we're finalizing those ratios and stuff. But we're currently sort of looking at, I would say, without going into the details exactly with the percentage, because it's just going to be confusing. Like you're saying, Rob, so we're thinking of a certain percentage that will be all automated in regards to doing a buyback. And that will have a direct impact on our liquidity pool and increase the market cap. So that we feel is something that was non-negotiable. We felt that every single transaction that goes through that buy button, which you know could be on a website or could be in our ecosystem for sure, will have that baked in. So not only there's going to be, and you've mentioned this you know, many, many times, Rob, this is probably the best marketing tool we can think of. The brand that will be everywhere, if we can find a name for it that can be used everywhere, just like Apple Pay and you're thinking of you know, PayPal or all those sorts of names that are well-established. And if we could put it out there in a format where it's going to be on everybody's lips, like when you go through the flow, it'll say powered by and then the button and all those sorts of things. So this is incredible amounts of marketing to huge, huge audience. So there's the buyback. A certain percentage will be automated to do buybacks. Also, now this bit uh, in regards to the other percentage that we want to be sort of a give back. Now the give back, so there's a buyback and a giveback. And the giveback is is yet to be determined, like how it's going to be operated, managed, and, and et cetera. But I think we're heavily leaning on the side of potentially, again, being very much linked to the token, the Ember token, having it uh, be DAO-driven uh, in the sense that this new organization that we'll be creating will be exclusively funded by uh, this giveback and basically the funds, how they're distributed and how they're uh, given would be essentially decided by the holders. So I think this is truly powerful, not only on the idea and the concept that it's important to give back, but also give our community a voice. And I think there's nothing more exciting than having a voice in regards to uh, giving back. And um, yeah, I think this is, this is exciting. I do believe that, you know, with the combination of these things, that not only do we have the level of, you know, basically, you know, every project that's spending money on marketing at the end, you know, will funnel to us as being a second result of, of the marketing. And then, which will just drive traffic to our project and our services, but also, you know, if people are going to be spending, you know, some BNB on a project, they see it's powered by Ember in a couple of ways. You know, there's a very 
uh, high chance they'll get some traction and, and, and be able to purchase Ember, raising the market cap. But in addition to that, that with all of these transactions, what could be, you know, millions of dollars, you know, in volume that's, that's moving around that we'll have a percentage of, if a small, if a, whatever the portion we decide at the end there is going for a buyback to add to the market cap, therefore raising the price, anytime any of these people that are using the Powered by Ember, they'll just see the charts always going up and these things kind of feed into one another where, you know, it makes, it could make this project extremely successful, especially where, where where we've come up with these level of tokenomics that it doesn't take you know too huge of a market cap to really get some big gains there, and then on uh, in addition to that, by having that, you know, not only is it good for karma, not only you know a lot of you know every organization does some form of something that's philanthropic. Usually, there's for sort of tax breaks, or usually, usually when it's a company like Amazon or Tesla or something, it's usually because they've had a lot of bad press in the news lately, so they come up with some sort of you know, philanthropic idea about them giving back to workers or whatever. It's really just an idea for, uh, uh, you know, for their branding. But, you know, when we're doing it, though, it's really for, number one, we believe that that's something that every project should be involved with. Some it's philanthropic, being able to give back. It's just good karma across the board. It gives us a good, uh, it's really good for our image. But to have leveled, you know, the layer on top of there that it's community driven of how this will be spent and be used is really about us, you know, being community first. And that's really what Ember's about. And I think having all of those together really makes a great, you know, for someone on the sales side of stuff here, a great value proposition, you know, where not only does it, you know, not only does this benefit your project, but look what it does for us, look what we're doing for the community, you know, look what we stand for when it comes to our branding. I mean, and this is really just, you know, the first entry to the market for one of our products. And I think it's a great starting point. Yeah. And, you know, as soon as we started thinking about doing this, I started doing some research into some, some organization that could be actually super relevant to what we're doing. Um, and I'm thinking, and I was at an event yesterday and, you know, I had a grown person, you know, someone my age asking me, oh, so you're in crypto. And that's such a like world that is difficult to comprehend, you know, and coming from totally the outside. And I was thinking, so so the next generation, because I have a daughter, she's eight years old, and I'm thinking for her, probably fiat at some point will be like part of the past, you know, and she'll be fully into crypto for whatever reason, you know, that's just probably how she'll operate. But where I'm trying to get to is that I think there needs to be a lot of focus on financial literacy in the blockchain space for up and coming generations. And there's a few organizations out there that are focused around this. And see, this is the kind of thing where, yeah, you know, it doesn't need to be sick kids. It can also be very much aligned with our mission, which is empowering the next generation of the people that will be creating those blockchain powered uh, startups that will change the world. And what better way is to, you know, fund crypto literacy, you know, financial literacy, not just like the tech literacy, but just like how does it all work and what's the actual meaning of it in, in terms of how is it going to change and impact the world and all those sorts of things. And even me just communicating it to my daughter's complex thing. I mean, I'm sure it's the same thing for anyone out there trying to explain it to their uh, other half or siblings or, or things like that. but. 
Yeah, this is the, the kind of thing that we can do. That's how powerful this uh, little sort of thing can have in terms of impact. And I, I really do also, it's funny you brought that up too about you know financial literacy. And that also, just, it's just not just for crypto, but there's a lot of this, because there's a lot of young people that are involved in cryptocurrency. Like I said, I was just at Decentral in Miami last week. You know, no offense to anyone you know, working for that event, but you know, it was a little bit of a, you know, excuse my language, a little bit of a shit show. You know, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, this moon boy attitude, you know, I mean, you know, influencers congratulating themselves on some of these meme tokens. And, you know, there's people with Lamborghinis that didn't know how to drive them, flooring it up. And this culture, that kind of culture is unsustainable, number one. Number two, this idea, this hyper level of consumerism that especially these younger generations, I mean, when it comes to TikTok, you know, influencers, stuff that you see on, you know, these people on Instagram with yachts and boats. And, you know, you literally have, you know, one person, you know, I thought it was like Kylie Jenner, who's like, oh, yes, we have to save the planet. But then next next six pictures of her getting on a private jet and a yacht, she probably used, she probably consumes more, more energy and, and burns more fossil fuels than, you know, some states do. <laughs> I'd be surprised that she has a very elaborate carbon credit sort of compensation plan. <laughs> so, I mean, but the idea that not only for them to understand crypto, but the idea of you know, how investing works, how you should start saving early, you know, these kind of, you know, things that we're able to be philanthropic by investing in education to kind of, you know, what our broader vision is. That's why if you notice that everything that we do with our branding and, and, and how we communicate to the public is with, you know, we say that we get made fun of because we use the word world class a lot, but it's the higher levels of professionalism. And to be able to have a philanthropic endeavor that promotes that, you know, for future generations, because this ultra level of consumerism, moonboyness you know, a consumption, this idea that, you know, sp- you know, let's blow money while we have it, you know, it's unsustainable for the future. And I think that by putting money towards that, you know, along with, you know, sick kids and that kind of thing, it really, really aligns with our vision as, as what we do here at Ember. Yeah. So that's a little bit of insight without giving you exact metrics. But I think the point here is to tell you that the technical part of this initiative is working. You know, we have a proof of concept on the website. There's a little glitch uh, in, the, in the last couple of days, but you know we're still in a beta, you know, where we're still finalizing some stuff. But smart contract wise, it's done. It's ready to go, ready to be rolled out. We're gonna get it uh, audited by our, our our friends, obviously at Hacken. But beyond that, we're we're looking at a true partnership with them uh, for uh, this uh, this button. So more details on this coming. But that's really exciting. I think it's a combined partnership where the goal is to bring more trust in the space. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Eli was saying yesterday that sort of the results of the actual sort of frauds in the space and scams and all those sorts of things in regards to the top auditors, Hacken came out second, just next to, I think it's Quantstamp. So it, it really shows that even though things happen for a reason, uh, I mean, you know, the the previous partner that we were meant to go with in terms of auditing, they're way behind. And I think our initial judgment was correct and things happen for a reason. And I feel that this partnership is a really good one and will serve us well for a long time with Hacken. Yeah. Not only with the level of... Um that they also have brand recognition themselves. And by having them as a partner, just like we do with someone like Wire, who also has um, you know, a really great reputation in the space, 
that when you know we're going to bring out some details, but to be able to have this level of brand recognition, like you said, with the with the you know trusted by this is a trusted site, to be able to you know divert scams. I mean, I think the amount of I saw something else too. The amount of revenue generated from you know people lost money in, in these scams. It's it's happening. It's it's an unprecedented number. I mean, the credit card business. I mean, you know, they get you know, and credit card. You know, there's a whole idea with you know theft protection and you know with chargebacks. And I think that you know credit cards are a big thing that happens. But I think that the scams in crypto, wallets being emptied or just sending it to the wrong address or whatever, is I think it's like ten times what it is in the regular you know consumer market when it comes to something like a credit card or, or checking accounts, et cetera. So you know, this is something that. That I think that you know, with just by having this button there and and something that's normal in any other space will will really change the space. I mean, we you know really make a name for ourselves too as well. I mean, you know, there'll be my, a time you know, a year or two down the you know maybe three years from now when people will look back and really say you know, hey, Ember is the one that that really changed the game. You know, it's just like how you would when that whole web the whole web 2.0 idea that we saw that transition from the 90s and the 2000s. You know, I think that us, you know, spearheading that kind of transition in crypto, even though it's just our first product, I think will still, you know, make us, you know, somewhat legendary in the space. I think that that's, you know, it's going to be newsworthy. <laughs> yeah, newsworthy. <laughs> no, nothing less than legendary. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, that's my standard here. That's my standard, you know. I'm looking for a Pirates of Silicon Valley type of autobiography in the future. <laughs> yeah. It's a good transition to... You know what our next topic I think should be is that you know a little bit about the ecosystem. This is the the first entry point into that. A lot of this revenue stream, you know, prior to what we just mentioned, will be used to hire developers to scale up to really what is Ember, which is this ecosystem, and 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 to kind of expand on that. You know, joinember.com, You know, we spoke you know a little bit. Uh, I guess it was in our team meeting is with Wire. <laughs> they have sort of a same sort of issue and. We were taking some time to be able to get a name together. Wire's website is actually sendwire.com. You know, it's not ideal. It's actually funny. If you were to take wire.com and type that in, there's just a landing page that says, let the bidding begin. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's like you go to wire.com. It's literally, it's just a line of text that says, let the bidding begin. I want, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. Here's my email. <laughs> that's literally where they stand. Yeah, because... Because basically, those domain names, specifically the four-letter ones, and we're in the four-letter category sort of mm-hmm. game. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty expensive, and obviously, we wanted to move fast, and we went for something that was actionable in the sense that it would tell you to do something. You know, it would drive action, and join Ember was perfect for the time that you know we um, you know we used it because. Ultimately, we had to move. Uh, we had to do something. We needed to have something. We needed beyond anything for us. And I'm a hardcore believer that if you're going to do something, you need to do it right. And I'm not a fan of those country-specific extensions and all these weird, like cheap domain extension .xyz .io all those sorts of things which just doesn't breathe that much seriousness and it's not because they don't want to be serious i mean they do want to be serious but unfortunately it's hard to be you know in the top level domain names with the actual name of your business because they're just so expensive you know for the last 10 years at least 
since the the bubble, these .com, you know, .net, .org, these are the three main ones. These are the ones that will give you the best SEO, the best recognition in terms of domain names. But unfortunately, none of them are available. Just absolutely, absolutely none of them are available. And you know, like you're saying, you know, Rob, a lot of people were opportunistic. They just grabbed them. They're not intending to do anything with it other than flip, you know, and, and flip them for the most amount of money. And, you know, for us, since the beginning, our goal was to get a four-letter top-level domain name. We unfortunately couldn't move initially because we just didn't have the funds to do so because they're extremely expensive and may not be for sale. Same with Wired. You know, if you go on Ember.com, it's a dropshipping company. So it's a shit company, probably making a few thousand dollars a year, uh, not a year, but like a month and being a middleman. And they're in, not interested in selling. For whatever reason, they're just throwing money at them. They're not interested in, <laughs> Wait, in selling. We, we tried. Yeah. So we've been in discussion with them and others for quite some time. Yeah. So... Basically, I think where Rob wants to lead me into is to tell you that we're packing our bags because we have, you know, we have a new home. We bought a new home today. We paid it, and it's being cleaned out. It's being prepared, and we'll be moving there in the next couple of days, probably a couple of weeks. But we made the big acquisition of a four-letter domain uh, name, which is Ember.org. And this is going to be absolutely massive for us for many, many reasons. Uh, one is um, um, memorable, very, very easy. There's no like trick words in, in, before. There's no trick word like trick extension at the end. And it's just embr.org. I mean, that's that's bam. That's it. Easy to have. And then the original website, Join Ember, was really just kind of a launch page to be able to, you know, draw interest in the project and to be able to, you know, draw interest in the coin and really, you know, um, bring some, um, an audience to the podcast as well, really just to show, but it really wasn't our home. That's really join not, us. yeah, it was really just join us, you know, get ready, be here for launch that I am assuming will be, a, will mirror now. If you go there to just, we'll, we'll drop you to ember.org. Yeah. Most probably, I don't think we're going to recycle it for something specific uh, as an endpoint. I think that the goal is really stored to uh, funnel everyone into that main domain name, and uh, yeah, this is where we see. Uh, this is where we feel the door will be positioned to enter this gateway to the decentralized world, and it's going to be recognizable uh, if we're going to build something on a brand. And even with Join Ember, we were starting to see it. You know, it, it's it's not building the Ember brand; it's building Join Ember, just like Wire. You know, unfortunately, as much as you, you're trying to build Wire, you're essentially building Send Wire. So, as when when you're changing, eventually, was your your business called Send Wire, or like it's the same thing? No, yeah, I mean, even even the co- the conversation that I had with with their um, when I was meeting with them in Miami, um, we sat down with a face to face was exactly them trying to overcome that, and it's difficult for them, especially too when you know the person who owns 
you know, wire.com is uh, unfortunately has no really interest except for extorting wire. <laughs> that's really, that's not like they're trying to run a business or anything on there. So the price keeps going up and, you know, it's difficult to be able to build brand recognition and that's why they look for partners like us. But now luckily, you know, we're fortunate, you know, and I'm hoping one day we're able to, to get a hold of wire.com as well. They all just send it to one spot. Uh, maybe buy out their little drop shipping company entirely at one point. But at least now we're able to focus on what our original vision is, is making Ember a household name, especially to when you see what the actual gateway is. You know, that's, you know, it's, it's very difficult because this is an abstract idea about what, it, what this ecosystem actually is. What does that look like? What does that feel like when that's tangible? How does that relate to, um, and this was the meeting we had the other day also as well, when we we're talking about building the sales force, is when you want to make, you know, present this to someone, you know, when it comes to our roadmap, that all of these projects have the same similar roadmap. I mean, they're probably copying and pasting each other. We're not sure what, you know, even with the legacy token, you know, really in, gives them an identity. They all want to do an NFT marketplace. They're all saying they're doing an ecosystem. They're all saying that they're, you know, going to have this or that or, and these are just all these abstract ideas. Really, you know, you know, maybe a wallet at one day. You know, there's, you know, there's a one of our you know, I guess friends in the space, I like to say that lightly, you know, where they say, you know, we're building an exchange or some of these grandiose ideas that, you know, require a lot of development and money. They don't really come to fruition a lot of times. So it's hard when we're talking about this ecosystem, how to take these abstract ideas and really paint a picture for what we're envisioning. And I will attempt to kind of do that a little bit now, you know, and I don't know how, if this is a um, exercise in futility, but you know, they'd be able to have this landing page of really what is simple, clean, kind of representing, and I don't want to um, give too much away until we're able to launch it, is something you're already used to using on a day-to-day basis when it comes to a level of efficiency and, and being so streamlined and ease of use. And really have that be your gateway to everything that's on, you know, that's in this space um, and be able to direct you there seamlessly. What do you say, Jason? Is that my kind of building that picture a little bit? Yeah. I think what most of our audience and most of the community will, will want to hear is if everything goes well, we should have some form of like explainer page about this. If everything goes well again before Christmas, um, we don't intend to market it until after Christmas, which obviously everyone knows it's, you know, the whole thing will die down, you know, over Christmas. It's going to be very quiet. You know, we're we're not in the business of selling TVs, so we're going to stay quiet. Christmas is going to be good for uh, retail, but we're not in retail, so uh, we're going to give them the mic, and uh, we're we're obviously going to stay low a little bit, uh, but come back, you know, in January uh, with a bang. But expect, you know, to have some form of idea of w- what it's going to be before the holidays. Uh, but I think the point that you're trying to put across rob and it's it's one that obviously we all agree on is you know ember is not the type of project that wants to just take the boxes you know that wants to be just like any other project and yeah we want to do this yeah we want to do that because that's what people want that's not where we stand when we talk about or at least when we mention those things you know nft marketplace and we mention Launchpad, we mentioned all those sorts of, you know, products. Unless you're in our minds and unless you're within the walls of our business, you might think that these are all 
individual products. You might think that they're all destinations in a, in, in themselves. You know, you'll you'll go there and it's going to be open sea, but for DeFi. Like, no, we're not thinking about that. You know, and I think maybe it's it's in how you communicate it, but I think ultimately what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks is you're going to start seeing this communication that goes towards products and services way more than before. But our original intention was when we were talking about these things is that they were sort of features of something bigger. So when we say that there's a launch pad, it's not that there's there's a specific launch pad where you go and it's a launch pad. It's not what we're trying to do is that the ecosystem that we're building has features of a launch pad in it, seamlessly integrated. And when we talk about NFT marketplace, or I prefer to say just assets marketplace or digital assets marketplace, because it doesn't need to be non-fungible tokens. It's a feature of this thing that we're building. It's essentially when you're there, you can trade assets. You can sell them on the open market, but it's not like it's not the main feature of the thing. And when you think about a wallet, yeah, our main goal is not to launch a wallet. Like in the whole experience of what we're doing, just like this buy button, right now it only lets you buy from crypto, but in the next couple of weeks we'll, you know, we'll be starting to work with Wire to do the on-ramp to purchase those cryptos, those BEP20 tokens and other ones from fiat. But the question is, once you buy that token, where does it stay? Well, it'll stay in your wallet. So do we have a a wallet? Well, yes, indirectly, because it's part of the experience. But are we going to specifically market that Ember is a wallet? No, it's a feature in what we do. So... This is the vision of Ember.org is rather than having, and maybe that's how it's been perceived, uh, and that's sort of what we're trying to fight off because that's what most crypto projects are doing, actually. But us, it's, you know, and hopefully this is what you've been seeing. And, uh, you know, we're going to try as hard as possible for you to see it, but that's what we're trying to create. It's this one experience that is all seamlessly integrated, uh, ele- you know, sort of elegantly delivered, and that is approachable by anyone. This is always where we start. You know, when we write the journey or the requirements for something, we think of it. Yeah, there's the veteran that knows how to operate things, but what about my dad? You know, if he's going to go on there, how is he going to figure it out? You know, how can we make this simple? I think also on top of that too is that, you know, when speaking about the veteran, someone who's so used to this space, who knows how to navigate it properly, who knows all the terminology, who's able to, you know, use PancakeSwap and and Uniswap with ease and be able to make these things function. And these are some of the guys that are some of the biggest investors with a lot of capital to be able to invest. There are the ones who are able to look and when this is launched, and they're the ones that will be the most impressed. They're the ones that will be able to spread the buzz. They're like, wow, man, are you kidding me? Like, as they know what it requires to do now, you know, to have that level of ease of use, you know, for someone like your dad, your uncle, your brother-in-law who's not, who just want to kind of get their toe into it, you know, then they're like, oh, okay, this is easy to use. I've heard it was difficult, but this is much easier. But they don't really know, you know, what it was compared to. It's sort of like when I show my niece 
who's, you know, 18 years old, when I show her MS-DOS on like an old computer, I mean, she doesn't realize because she's only grown up with an iPad. You know, she's only grown up with this, you know, super easy to use and, you know, this very thin device. You know, to her, she doesn't know how far we've actually come. You know, I mean, there's, you know, to her, it's just like, wow, this is archaic. But the people that were, you know, like myself, who've been in tech and just been, you know, using a computer with MS-DOS since I was like 10, you know, that's why I'm blown away by all these evolutions and products that come out, especially when, with stuff that Apple's doing and with Alphabet or Google, whatever you want to call them, that these really hardcore crypto people will be able to see what we're doing and be like, wow, this just works. Like, this is what you've taken off of there. And that's how you start building a lot of buzz, a lot of people, you know, people generating articles, people that are talking about it. And we really think this could, you know, really be a tidal wave in change. Because then this will become a standard where, you know, if someone were to, you know, deliver a product, let's say Apple, the one that they had 15 years ago, and it's like, this is our first launching product, you know, it, you'll, everything else will feel antiquated at that point. And we'll, we'll, really, we'll be able to make a shift in the marketplace, which really goes back to brand identity. Yeah. I did want to, um, before we sign out of here, because we do have a couple more minutes, is some questions from the community. Awesome. Yeah. For you guys also out there, um, if you're on our Discord or, you know, whether it's on Twitter I know some of our community success team really hasn't been pushing it as much just because, you know, we've been, you know, this last couple of weeks, I mean, even when we first launched today at Ember, you know, we wanted this to be discussionary, have guests, and, you know, these kind of take in lieu of project updates because, you know, we said that before about how these project updates for any project never really go well. They don't read expectations and that we kind of like to drizzle information. But fortunately for the last... For the last couple of months, it's really only been updates in the project and you know, really just about what we're delivering and all these great things that we're, we're, we're about to launch. So it's been pretty exciting. So we've kind of put on the back burner you know, community questions and you know, interactions with you guys. So we want to put that back at the forefront. Our community success team will be pushing that a little bit more. Uh, we know it's kind of been in the background because of just all these great announcements we've been having. So make sure you guys write in to whether it's on Discord or Twitter or in our Telegram to be able to have some questions there from someone in the community here. I have just a few because we are running short on time. We're about to hit an hour here shortly. We know we got other stuff we have to do for the day, getting all this stuff launched. One of the questions here was, and I can actually answer this, but if you want to jump on there, is you know what coins or what projects do you have that you see people you know already interested into this widget, being able to kind of you know that have kind of reached out to us. And I think I think really, you know, when it comes to answering this question, because technically, you know, there's some more announcements about some shifts we're going to be having in the company, some a little bit of some restructuring that's going to occur as we ramp up uh, and kind of bring people on there. Some of our roles and titles will change, but I guess I'm technically also director of sales at this point. And how that sales strategy is going to work, we're really on ramping the team. You know, we're building out buzz for for people, you know, to get some buzz about the project. But you know, when it comes to who's interested in this project, I'd say if you just go on CoinMarketCap and pretty much any of the top 100 on there are interested in this widget, whether they have direct knowledge of it yet or not. Because as speaking to our partners at Wire, they know that's why they've actually moved from not to kind of you know, give too much inside baseball. I don't want to um, you know, discuss some of their internal things that they were doing but why they've decided to accelerate their integration into BSC as opposed to some other projects that were previously on their roadmap because they see that level of demand being there. They have other partners they're working with directly now. 
but no one is doing a SaaS or software as a service um, that this widget is. So the demand is so great that even when you know wire people that are speaking to Wire, they even ask them like, "Do you have some kind of thing we could just implement on our own? Like just drop it in there?" Like you know, we have to actually. I mean, I, I think that um, you know one of our friends in the space is using them, but not to their most optimal optimal ways of being able to use them. And so a lot of these projects are like, you know, this is just, you know, difficult how to do this, you know, and by having that partnership with them, pretty much every project on the BSC directly or indirectly has interest in this widget and this buy button. And that's why part of the Salesforce is really just being able to connect them properly and and making sure they have that because they're asking wire already, you know, if they can have that. And by having a partner, they can direct, you know, people to us. And really, the interest and demand is there. So, not to give any specifics, but this isn't me speaking in you know hyperbolically either. You know, it's actually true. You can look at the top 100 of these you know projects in the CMC, and they will you know they're interested partners. Um, like I said, directly or indirectly. Do you want to add anything to that, Jason? I think that's kind of kind of sums it up, maybe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's nothing really to market so much right now. I mean. It's a proof of concept on our website and we're sort of packaging it up right now. And once you know it'll have a dedicated home where it explains well where the product is and it can show, you know, what's its true potential. Uh, this is when we're gonna sort of start building the hype. And I think our approach for this product is gonna be very much request early access type of building interest before it's publicly released. Uh, so Stages are going to be most probably like a, a product landing page, submit sort of a few details about your token, you know, daily or monthly sort of uh, volume and uh, contract address as has it been audited, you know, all those sorts of ticking sort of the boxes of is this is a, is this a legitimate project and how they're interested in being part of, we could call like a private beta. Uh, because it, it won't be publicly available for for some time. Because if we're going to be transacting a lot of volume with some of those beta testers, we just want to make sure that it's stable, safe, uh, and ready for the Super Bowl, pretty much, uh, before releasing it. Because once you throw it out there, you don't want it to break. You know, So you want to challenge it as much as possible in every single direction. And that's what we're going to be doing You know, in the next couple of weeks, potentially a couple of months. Hopefully, uh, we can get to the main event as fast as possible. But you know, we you know, like everything we do, we won't release anything that we feel is not ready. Right now, it's almost ready for uh, sort of a beta testing, but we're not there yet. Yeah, that's what I can add. Yeah, we want to we want to have all that together too as well. So, um, so let's you know that the potential there. Is you know, and even Jason, um, you know, during our weekly meeting that him and I have, which actually usually I'm always like, go, 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 and it, you know, we were both in agreement. Like we're looking at you know, hopefully by the Super Bowl before we want to make sure this thing is really rock solid for our, really our first entry. And and you guys saw that too. Put people that were unfortunate enough to be part of the private presale and saw how smoothly that went. You know, that was because you know we did extensive testing on the back end to make sure that you know that's it's really ready for prime time. I have another one from here. Um, a couple people actually asked. I have uh, a gentleman named Jetstar. Uh, he was on Discord server. And he wants to ask, and I think this is a great question for you, Jason, is you know, when you know, the, the light paper that we put out, 
which I think is even that is just really just that just to be a light paper, I think is, you know, way ahead and beyond what any other project's doing. But he's asking is when can we expect, you know, because anticipation is high, when can we expect, you know, the full release of the actual white paper? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the answer to this is, and the reason why it's been taking a little bit more time is because we want to release a white paper that is aligned with sort of where we're going. And in the past couple of weeks, we've been working on the white paper, but it's evolving so fast on our end that the white paper is not keeping up. So this is what we've been challenged with. And I feel we're pretty much there now in the sense that we've come to a position right now, which is pretty crystallized. And it feels we're exactly where we wanted to be. And we have a lot more time as well to dedicate to this because the whole technical part is not something... I mean, the light paper is a bit generic, but the white paper is something that basically the uh, technical you know, writer needs to get in our heads and communicate with everyone that is involved in the project, you know, on the technical side of things. And that's just not been something we've been, we had time for. Uh, unfortunately, James, you know, wasn't so much available. Uh, our solidity developers and, you know, the token economists and all those sorts of things, we're just flat out busy at delivering products. So now we're we're sort of seeing a window where we feel we can sort of close it, hopefully um, uh, very shortly. Uh, it's going to be anyway um, uh, a live white paper, so it's not going to be a static one. Most probably we're going to be using Coda to put it online. Just like we are now. Yeah, exactly. So it, it'll evolve, but we don't want to create you know more work for something that needs to be iterated every week, you know, so we want to drop something that feels that can sustain not the test of time because time in crypto is so fast, but you know, that, that doesn't look irrelevant or antiquated in three weeks. Does that make sense? No, no, absolutely. Especially too, is that for those that have never worked in development before is that as you're building these things, there's the science the tech changes. Yes, and- there's a science part of it where, but that that tech is also changing. And then as you're building iterations, you you come to um, certain conclusions that you didn't you didn't realize would 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 that you'd get there at the, when you first came up when you were with the ideation phase. And until these things are fully crystallized and being developed, um, you know, we don't want to have someone where you know, and this this technical copywriter is they're not cheap. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can't send them back to the writing table to rewrite it every rewrite week. Rewrite you know, it every week and, and have that in there. So, and I think also, too, is that, you know, by crystallizing that, and then, and then also, too, is how you, and they're really just going by what our thoughts are to pick into our head. And, you know, just like anything, as you're learning, you know, sometimes until, you know, you're able to put it into words, you know, properly to able to communicate that to them properly to get the best results. You know, these things just take time and, 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 and a lot of, you know, a lot of think tank. Yeah. So that's the answer. Yeah. So, so I don't know if that's an answer. I don't know but. if that's an answer or not, but um, it, it should not be. That's context. Yeah. It gets, yeah. <laughs> but it's coming. They're working on it. What you see right now with, the, with, with Coda is kind of just, um, you know, really what you can expect, what the, what the format will look like and how much of an in-depth 
discussion and analysis um, to how we present that and communicate that to the public. That's what you can expect there as well. I have one more question, which is also a great segue to next week's episode. And I think this is a great way to kind of end on here. I have uh, from a Mr. Jason Foster, who's listening to us on YouTube. Now, just so you guys, if you guys don't know, you guys can catch us on twitch.tv. You can catch us on youtube.com. Right now, as I was looking, our Facebook is, um, I think we finally cracked the, the, the live Facebook code finally, <laughs> as we see it's live there now. And of course, you can always catch us at any of the places you get your podcast, Amazon, Music, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Those are all available there too as well. But if you like listening to us live, you know where to catch us if you want to see our, our pretty mugs. But Jason Foster on YouTube and our, and our, is asking us here information on staking and APY. And if you want to be able to say, and I can just say that you'll be very happy with next week's episode, that we'll be having a special guest, Eli, who he'll be coming down. Like I said, I'll, I'm going to be, uh, probably won't see or hear my voice for at least until January from the holidays coming up, but he's going to be here with Jason and give a full breakdown of that stuff. But I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Jason, do you want to kind of give any sneak peeks to, to what's going to be happening next week? Any, any tidbits you can give our audience but for them to get excited about for next week? Well, the two things I can say is APY is going to be high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're aiming for a beautiful uh, Christmas present. So that's the two things mm-hmm. uh, you know, I can say for now. Here at Ember, we we really believe in being being generous, so we uh, <laughs> we uh, think that next week's episode, especially one that you should be very interested in, that it will bring some you know really great news for people to drive some incentivize. We really want to incentivize people as this is a a long term project, as a long term investment. That's why things like yeah investing and stuff like that. So I also think you know because and so maybe I'll add this is. Basically, there's, you know, the approach of our project was around vesting and things like that. So we're just looking at giving when each and everyone's token will unlock and be, um, you know, be accessible. We just want to give you some options with it. And I feel that, and we feel that staking is a beautiful option, you know, beyond just holding, you know, if you're going to hold, might as well, you know, get something out of it. So, which is much, much better than reflections. Not to say that reflections are bad. I'm just saying that staking is much more interesting <laughs> than uh, reflections when you're holding. So, yeah. Yeah, it gives you, it gives you options and how to interact with your token, you know, and this, this interface. And it has purpose. Mm-hmm. It has purpose as well. You know, yes, it's a win-win in the sense that you get something out of it. But the project gets something out of it as well, you know, which is stability and which is something that that's the whole purpose of staking. It's to bring stability uh, in the in the early days of a low market cap, you know, uh, project. Uh, so until it becomes a bigger, more established project, the project needs uh, a good amount of stability in terms of assets and the tokens being there, LP tokens and things like that. So m- more on it next week, but. Um, yeah, it's all really doing great and we're on target and yeah, exciting stuff. I mean, the value proposition that we're going to have, you know, by running into 2022, because this is this is my last statement for the year, guys, because like I said, I'm not going to, this is my last episode we're taking off for the holidays, but I just wanted to add is that the value proposition of Ember rolling into 2022 
for a project that we've really just launched, you know, two weeks ago, which <laughs> this is kind of, it sounds, inc- as the words are coming out of my mouth, it sounds incredible of what we'll have for, you know, to make that value proposition of having an app in your hand, being able to have, you know, ember.org. And when you see the stuff that you'll, that, that how that's going to be interactive to be able to have, you know, from a vault contract to a, you know, a, a crowd sale smart contracts and to be audited, to have this Ember buy button that, it's going to be utilized across all of the BSC, you know, that makes it ease of use that are also our app and, and, and our landing page. All these things will take advantage of these, of, of, of these products to make it so easy to use. And then we'll also have staking um, to be a part of that. So, I mean, and that's six smart contracts in itself. And to have all of these things, I mean, you know, we're hoping, you know, that, that they are, you know, if everything goes according to plan, to be able to launch into 2022 with all of these things in our arsenal, I think is is a pretty powerful achievement, not just on the BSC space, but I think as a tech company as as a whole. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the goal to really smash it out of the gate in terms of 2022. That's going to be a very exciting year. So we're hyped. Yeah. We're wrapping up this year with incredible achievements, but that's just barely nothing for next year. Yeah. It's just barely the beginning. So... Well, listen, guys, like I said, I'm going to be taking some time off. But next week, we're going to have a special guest, Eli. It's going to be a staking special. He's going to get into also revenue models. He's pretty much the, the guy to talk about all that. And, and he really able to get in depth and is passionate about it. So be able to tune in next week. You guys can catch us. Normally, our normal schedule, it's going to be every, we're here every Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You guys can catch us on YouTube, twitch.tv, Facebook Live if you want to be able to see the video. Or you can always get the edited and produced version on any of your favorite podcast formats. That'll be there as well if you were able to, if you did miss us you know, during our live podcast. So make sure you guys catch us next week. It's going to be a special one. I'm Rob Velazzi, head of communications and apparently sales director now here at, <laughs> at the Amber Project. And I am joined by my co-host, Jason Dominique, head of strategy. Jason, you want to give a sign off? Peace. Adios, guys. It's been a real pleasure. See you next year.